My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Oh my God, I don't want to play sports. I don't want to be there. Well, come on. I'm a lesbian. I love sports, and we're going to go play football. Regardless of wherever you end on that spectrum, an LGBTQ individual usually has a little bit of clenching, clutching their pearls when it comes to, oh my God, I got to do the sports thing. I got to do the sports thing. And I can attest to this as a dad with two girls. I'm like, I dodged a bullet. Oh no. Then we had the volleyball. We had the basketball. I'm like, damn it. Well, that's what we're talking about today is what happens when you can't dodge the sports bullet and you decide to have a child and you're like, oh my God, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm whatever. How do you get through that? Well, my guest today is one of those guys who he's clutching his pearls, but he's also like, hmm, I think I'm going to make this a comedy TV pilot and see where it goes. His name is Bradley Jacobs. And I don't know, he's a pretty talented guy. He's done a lot of stuff in his life. He's been in the news. He's been on TV. He's done a lot of different things. I'll let him kind of explain it, but I'm really excited because he is bringing a comedy pilot to the world. And he's, I'm just going to put it out there. He's looking for people to take this thing and run with it. He's going to whore himself out on this podcast big time. And it's coming out. It's called One of the Guys. And now that I've called him a whore, I guess I should let him say something. So welcome to the podcast, Bradley. Super excited to have Thank you. Thank you. And I've been called much worse. So, Rick, I really appreciate you having me here. And yes, we'll 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 break it all down. Yeah, we Thank will break so it much. all down. So um great. Now that I know I can call you a horror or whatever else, we'll be just fine through the rest of this podcast. So <laughs> but a lot of what I said is kind of like true. You had this moment like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm gay and I'm having a, a son and, oh, now we're dealing with the sports stuff. In fact, he gave me a little insight that he actually literally this afternoon before he got on the podcast, he was actually dealing with the sports stuff. Yes. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start a little bit earlier than this afternoon, which was, um, I always saw myself as a parent. I just couldn't wait to be a dad, even when I was you know, 19 years old, when I first came out during college, I always saw myself as being a dad one day. And I managed to convince my partner, Jack, eventually, um, that, that uh, we should be parents. But I always- a gay, a gay, my... man, gay man cannot be parents. Don't you, haven't you read the news headlines? Let's... <laughs> well, I, I don't live in Florida. Thank um, you. Amen. Yes. yes. Um, that's subject of another podcast, mm, I think. Yes. Do that next week. But um, I, you know, I always saw myself as a parent, but you know, the funny thing is I always saw myself as a parent of a girl. <laughs> I always saw myself playing Barbies, just like I used to do with my sister. And I just, to me, like that was, that was the, the gold standard of parenting. And I remember um, when we found out that we were having a boy, I called my own father and I was like, dad, believe it or not, we're having a boy. Because I just, I was not a very comfortable boy at all, um, especially up until about 
like, you know, age 14 or 15. I just was not comfortable being myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just been so interesting watching our son, who is just so different than that. He's just so comfortable. And he's been interested in sports from, you know, age two. And I would just, we have just leaned into it. I mean, it was not my intention. I always, again, thought I would be having a girl. I thought I'd be, um, you know, leading um, trips to the museum and to, and studying girls, you know, history. And, and it's just been so different having a boy and, but it's just been an incredible journey. And I've, I've done a lot of writing over the years about the, the ironies of being a, a sports phobic dad who is always terrible at, at, I still can't throw a ball. Um, you know, I just, I never, I never wanted to play football. I would never wanted to play soccer. I never, I got lost on a basketball court. And I've, I've written about all these elements of my youth and I've just enjoyed contrasting them with our son, who's just so comfortable with a ball. I mean, he's just, is just such a natural. And it's, it's not that Lucas is this amazing athlete. It's just that boys, you know, boys will be boys. And I just, I found it so interesting because we have, you know, this whole thing when we were growing up about nature versus nurture and how much of being gay is, you know, predetermined when you're born and how much is, is conditioned and all that stuff, which is, you know, interesting, I guess, to a degree, but it's just been so wild to just watch this child just so naturally gravitate to uh, athletics. I can so, so relate to that in a whole different way because I biological father, you know, I'm like, okay, well, here we go. We're, we're pregnant. And the whole time I'm like, please, your God, please, your God, please don't let it be a boy. Please don't let it be a boy. And I'm like, Oh God, what a fucking wimp you are. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I will not do well with a, a son. Right. That was my thought. <clears throat> First daughter was born. I'm like, Oh Yes. And I really loved it. And then suddenly I find out, oh, wow, we're pregnant again. I'm like, okay. Praying once more, once more. Praying once more, but mm, okay. I'm not really want a a boy, but I guess. And then I ended up with another daughter. And I don't, I hope she's not listening because she knows I didn't just end up with her. I love her to death. But then everything unfolds. I come out of the closet 13 years later and I'm like, oh, wow. I don't think I'll ever have the chance to be a father to a son. And then I met my husband and we had a brief, like hot minute conversation about it would be kind of nice to have a boy. And then we both kind of looked at each other like, okay, these two are a handful. I don't think at, you know, by then I was in my early forties, he was late thirties. I'm like, I, I don't know. I ain't going back. Now we're not going to try this again. And so of course, you know, and I'm not saying this because I don't want him to have them yet, but Hey, maybe we'll get lucky and have a grandson. But even then boy, girl, I just want him to be a person that, you know, gets to be who they are. But I do think it's interesting to watch this nature versus nurture thing happen because neither of my girls would, would I say they were girly girls, but they definitely weren't tomboys. They just were who they were and the past they took. And now they're 23 and 27 Hey, they came out just fine. Did you all hear that? The kids came out just fine. They had two gay dads. They're just fine. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. But back to the sports. So what's been the hardest part of him being 
like a sports kid that you're like, ah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've had to rise to the occasion a few times. Uh, you know, I I still like catch myself scrolling Instagram at his soccer games instead of paying attention. And he's kind of acknowledged over the years, like Pop doesn't really, you know, care that much. And he's like, you don't need to, you don't need to call my name. You don't need right. to really, um, you know, pretend like you really, really care that much. But I mean, I guess the some of the hardest parts are I have ended up surrounded by so many dads, you know, straight dads, and right. they were never really my population. Um, they've never yeah. been my population from, you know, age 12, 13 on. I mean, I was right. always one of the girls. And, uh, you know, I have had, you know, I have plenty of straight male friends. Well, I, I have them here and there, but right. now the of days because of sports, I'm, I'm with a lot more men and yep. it's a, it's just a different vibe. Yep. And, uh, I've tried to put some of that into my writing. Um, you know, I, I had a whole piece in Shondaland that I did a few years ago that really inspired this pilot, which was about how, you know, I've, I've been blessed with all these new heterosexual male friendships. In fact, a whole group of us from school, like five families went on vacation together. And, you know, I was struck one day, like, oh, I'm sitting around like the pool shirtless with all these men. And the last time I did this, it was on Fire Island. <laughs> I was drinking Planner's Punch and, you know, there were, there were no wives and there was no beer and there, you know, there were no kids running around, but, right. um, and, you know, these these guys, um, you know, guys have come a long way since we were growing up, growing up. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself. You know, I was a bullied kid. I was very effeminate, bad at school. Uh, I'm sorry. I was good at school and bad at sports. And I wore very colorful clothing. And, you know, I was I was always just a, you know, real effeminate kid. And I was picked on a lot. And, you know, men have come a long way. Um, now, of course, mm. we're adults, so the bullying happens differently if it happens. But I've right. I've been very fortunate to have some great men around me, and that's I think one of the themes of the show I've written too is kind of uh, g- gay men kind of breaking breaking down the barriers that they established long ago between themselves and straight men, uh, and you know now some of my best friends are straight. <laughs> some of my best I friends mean, are straight men. Yeah. Funny how that happens, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I just, like I was saying just today, we had a soccer tryout and I, one of my dad friends texted me like, you know, good luck and, you know, make sure he brings the right shoes, make sure he brings the right gear. Um, You know, are you you sure he wasn't talking to you? Like bring the right shoes, bring the (laughs) right gear. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, they're, uh, they're, they're a great breed of men Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's been, it's been, it's been fun. And one of the actual friendships in the pilot that I've written is between the main character and the first dad, he really befriends on the team. And that to me has the potential to be the heart of a show because it could really break down. Uh, it really allows two, two guys to break down, um, the stuff that's built up between a gay guy and a straight guy, you know, over the years, um, and, uh, you know, I'm excited about that particular arc between those two characters. And I think about this a lot because I came came from, quote unquote, we all, okay, 
all of us gay men came from the straight world. Let's just be, let's be real about it. We, we didn't escape it by any means, but coming out of that heteronormative space that I came out of as a quote, heteronormative guy who finally came out of the closet many years into my life. Um, it was interesting to see how I navigated that because, you know, I wouldn't say anybody really knew, but yet people are like, yeah, we kind of wondered. I'm like, okay, I wasn't like clutching my pearls and wearing heels and where's my feather boa. But they're like, yeah, but there was a sensitivity to you that we picked up on. Like, you know, you were just really into being a dad and, you know, you're doing all these things. I'm like, well, that doesn't say a whole lot about straight men if they can't really be into being a dad and doing certain things. Right. But as I started to navigate through it, I also realized that for a lot of people, it was like seeing me in the way I just showed up in the world. Like I was just a different energy, you know, and I started to latch on to that as you know, after the coming out and going through a divorce and everything, I started to embrace, this is who I am. Now, I also realized, okay, a lot of the straight dads I was hanging out with, I was just like, I was just jonesing on them. Like, I'm going to hang with them because they're all the really hot ones, you know, let's go with them and <laughs> let's leave the others, the beer drinking like bubba's. Yes. Like, oh, not really, not my type, but it's just, it's interesting to see yourself navigate it. And then once I was quote unquote on the other side, so to speak, um, to see that our own community kind of turns its back on in some ways, gay men who really are into sports and really into hmm. some of the like heteronormative stuff. I'm like, well, wait, time out. Isn't this us being as hypocritical as we call others at times? Because there's nothing wrong with liking sports. In fact, one of the guys that I've um, talked to numerous times, I don't think I've ever had him on the podcast, but he's the founder of out sports. And mm. it's interesting, like, wow, there's a whole online presence of out sports and like gays, lesbians, all these people who are really into sports, but I've sat in many places with many gay. Well, they're just so hetero. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole big ball of wax, isn't it? I yeah. mean, you know, you um, and I again, I try to get at this in the within the pilot, you know, you're kind of you're trolling, following the sports, but you're kind of into the guys, too. Like you sort of can't help but objectify them. You know, even when we were watching the Super Bowl with our son and a whole bunch of other 10 year olds and their parents, I, I was like, oh, that quarterback's really hot. Right. I don't even remember what team he was on anymore, but I was Googling him and texting my sister about him. You know right. what I mean? It's my way of kind of owning this in right. some ways because I've never been into sports and now I'm, I'm surrounded by it. So I'm like, listen, right. that, that, that QB's hot, you yeah, know? Exactly. Um, uh, you know, but I, yet I also, people can go to the stereotype too, like, Oh, so, oh, so you're gay. Oh, so you must really like ice skaters. I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. They got great asses. I mean, who's not going to say that. Right. <laughs> but don't make that assumption that, oh, because I'm gay. I only like, you know, you know, synchronized swimming in the divers, which again, the divers are hot. They got great bodies. Right. But let's not objectify in that space just because I'm a gay man, that that's the only thing. I mean, I, I find football players and baseball players, like <laughs> I'll salivate all over them. You know, it's like, Hey, they're just really good looking. But yes. that isn't like the thing that drives me like, oh, I get to go to a game. So I get to go, you know, no, that's not why I'm going. I was well, a big there football for the game. Guy. Right. But then the, the, the fact that they look good is sort of the. Right. It's the bonus on, on top. Cake. 
Yeah. Yes. I yeah. do get it that in the TV show, there's there's one character who's the biggest bully who's also the biggest hottie. And I thought it would kind of combine these two because it's sort of everything that that everything all at once. You know, I was really attracted growing up to the football players at my school. Yep. And they were also like the biggest bullies. I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like they were the ones who could see that I was, you know, I was quivering next to them. I was so yep. intimidated by them, attracted to them. I hated them. I lusted for them. I mean, again, everything all at once, you know? Yeah. And that's the the character of Toxic Mike, who I had a lot of fun characterizing. And, you know, he's he's uh, in, in some ways a nemesis um, and a, like an illustration of everything that, that we kind of feel as, mm-hmm. as gay guys growing up when, you, when, uh, when it comes to your classic jocks. So I actually talk about this in my book because there was, um, well, there's two people. I'll only focus on the one. And now I like, okay, I totally get why I like, I'm kind of, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four. I'm 300 pounds. I'm, I've always been a big guy. I've weighed less, but I'm just big bone guy. Right. Well, even in high school, I was a big guy. I wasn't near as big as what I am now, but I was still six foot four, 200 pounds. Right. I, I was a force to be reckoned with. And I went to a private church college. So here we go. Let's play the harps because here comes like the juxtaposition. <laughs> right. And it was a boarding school, but I wasn't in, I wasn't in the dorms. I lived in what we called the village. I lived adjacent to the boarding school. And I was always like, oh man, just going and being in gym and everything was like intimidating. And because it was a Christian Seventh-day Adventist school, I mean, there was lots of weird stuff like, okay, well, you can't walk across campus in shorts, but you know, because it's gym, you can like put your change in the dorm and then go run across to the gym, all this weird stuff, right? So of course I was always intimidated by the whole sports thing. And then one night I was staying with my best friend in his dorm room. And as guys will do lots of different things, suddenly like there's this noise going on in the dorm hallways and stuff. And suddenly everybody's like running downstairs to the basement area where there's some rooms. And so like everybody's decided it's wrestling time. I'm like, oh God, this is the last thing. (laughs) The last thing I want to do is be wrestling, right? But there was a little short guy that I was always silently crushing on because I just found he's a little shorter, stocky, true wrestling looking type, even though we didn't compete in sports. Seventh-day Adventist churches don't, we don't compete sports to sports, any of that stuff. But he was compact little wrestler. Now, that was well before I'm like, oh, compact wrestlers, they're really hot. That wasn't even (laughs) like, because I wasn't exposed to it, right? I'm in his private school. So suddenly he grabs me. He is like literally probably not quite a foot smaller than me, but almost. So I'm like, oh, okay, wow. He grabs me. He's like, come on, we're wrestling. I'm like, I don't (laughs) try not to go, but I don't wrestle, but I don't wrestle. Please, no. (laughs) And then suddenly in the midst of this wrestling thing. Okay. Now some people listening to this are going to go, oh my God, here we go. It's a porno. I I know where this is going to. I ended up on top. Turn it up. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there was like this. Oh my gosh. We are body to body. We are crotch to crotch. And it wasn't me who, mm, it wasn't me who got hard. It was him. And suddenly this panic stricken look came over his face. And it was suddenly like the two worlds were suddenly colliding because in that moment, he actually was in his own freak out moment. 
ironically, years later, I find out, of course, what we all know, he was gay. But like me, he was Mr. Jock, Mr. Sports, Mr. All of This. And here I am not being that. I'm having this freak out moment. And then, of course, as soon as he got hard, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't. I got to get off of him, right? And I did. I got off of him really quickly and stood up like, okay, I conquered you. Well, as soon as I, like, moved off of him, he flipped over really quickly. Like, I can't let anybody else see this. And this fear of all of this coming together at the same time was such an interesting thing that I've, I've since, obviously I talk about it now, I talk about it on stage. Like, what is the fear of what happens when the person you're most trying not to be suddenly shows up mm. and suddenly the two of those people meet? Mm. I'm afraid of being who I am with him and he's afraid of being who he isn't with me. And suddenly the magic kind of happens. And then here we are. And I think this happens a lot in the quote heteronormative gay world where suddenly oh, a guy who's super hetero suddenly realizes he has something going on. It may be driven by sports or something else. And then suddenly like, ah, right. I'm sure you've wow. had those moments like where you're like, okay, I'm going to the, I'm going to the sports thing. I'm going to the sports thing. Do you ever feel like I got to like keep a certain persona on, or have you like got to the point where you're just like, okay, I'm a gay dad and I'm coming to the sports thing and here we go. I guess that's my persona. I mean, I, I haven't been in the closet for you know 30 plus years, but right. um, in some ways, sort of when you have a son who is so into sports, you're sort of going back in the closet in some ways because you're always yep. meeting new people and it's often dads and, you know, your average straight dad is not exactly, you know, um, a welcoming committee at these sporting events so you know i'm i often kind of don't quite know what to do or say with them i always gravitate toward the moms i've always like i said been more comfortable being one of the girls yeah. and uh sometimes their moms around and sometimes there are just are not and i just have had to own it and say you know oh you know i'm i'm one of lucas's dads um it's an amazing you know he's an amazing athlete i don't i'm not sure where he got it from i guess he got it all from his other dad um, and I just kind of own it because I can't fake it. I mean, I, you know, just today I, I complimented my son on making an assist and he was like, good job, Papa. He knew the word <laughs> so, like, you know, that's where we are. Um, but I, I have, I mean, I have had a really good time writing about it. Um, oh, there's a, there's a cute, sexy thing that happens. So, you know, sometimes he's, He's, uh, he plays in Chelsea, actually, where we live. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes there are like 20-year-old, 25-year-old, 30-year-olds um, playing on the very field next to him. And I will take video of them. Right. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so to see, you know. Um, uh, where were we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we went. It all started with me in the basement with the jock. And now here yes. we are videotaping 25 yes. year olds on the playground. Yes. Okay, yes. there we go. But we're not creeps. Trust us, folks. We're not creeps at all. No, so, no. But, but I think uh, it's also interesting, though, when we step into this and the kind of own who we are, we like truly own like, hey, this is what I am into. And it's I always find it so fun. You get a group of gay men and it's like, it's a party and it's going to be a sports party. It's like, oh, this is going to be a fun one. Like, Right. All the yeah. outfits that will show up. Right. Yeah. In, in my 20s, I used to get invited to a gay Super Bowl party uh -huh. and I have a plot line 
uh, coming up on the show. But on the Upper West Side of New York, some guy used to have a party every Super Bowl and it was, you know, 90% gay men. And, uh, you know, basically no one would be watching the game or there would be some hardcore guys watching the game who would be like, shut up over there. Right. <laughs> you know, um, one of the things I do get at in the show that, that um, I wanted to just mention while we were here was that, you know, the gay guy who's the center of the show has a son who's very into sports. And then he also has a gym teacher father um, mm. who is the, you know, the grandfather of his son. So that's one of the elements that I really loved kind of creating is this dynamic between the gym teacher father, who's about 70, who never, ever got his Gen X son, uh, his Gen X gay son. I yep. mean, if you are if you are a gym teacher, like your heart and soul is sports, your heart and yep. soul is athletics. And, you know, I have a couple flashbacks where you see the gym teacher himself as a young man or in his 40s, just being so disappointed by his own son, you know, and just not not being a, a person who's able to recognize who his son really was and the beauty of his son only being disappointed. So then, you know, ironically, 30 years later, the, the, the son grows up to have his own athlete son. So then you have, that's that one of these wonderful dynamics in the show right. that I love is the grandfather, father and child. Um, and it, awesome. gives, it gives them a real arc over the show where the, the 40 year old father can really and the 70 year old grandfather can really kind of come to terms on what they went through mm -hmm. and their disappointment from both sides. And that they're the 10 year old son, Jasper is the one kind of bringing them together. So that's, that's the real like um, sweet emotional core of the show. Right. And that I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing and developing. What do you hope people take away from the show? I guess um, just to be, you know, open and empathetic to the way other people live. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think uh, it's such a big topic, you know, but basically, right. you know, we all kind of get comfortable in our own vibes and then you have to get thrown out of your vibe and you sometimes do it for someone you love, like a child or a parent or a partner or a sibling, you know, I mean, this, this 40 year old gay dad thought his life was going to be a certain way and he was you know, the opening of the show, he's, you know, he's very excited because his son's going to audition for Little Shop that afternoon. And he always loved musical theater. And he has his son taking classes at the MoMA and, right. you know, being on the D&I committee. And, and the son's like, Dad, like, I don't want to do any of these things anymore. All I want to do is play soccer. I want to try out for soccer today. And it, it really throws this dad for a loop. Um, and, and, but he, and he sends the whole rest of the show just sort of trying to come to terms with that. Um, and trying to come to terms with all these other, like I said, all these other dads. I mean, his whole life is kind of, you know, women and fashion right. and the, the things. I mean, he's a he's a writer at a you know a, at a fashion website and a music website, kind of like a um, vulture.com or mm -hmm. vanityfair.com. Um, and you know, he's just not used to straight guys and not used to sports. And he created a whole life for himself where he didn't have to none of these things matter to him. And now suddenly they matter because right. his son cares about them. And that's, so I feel like that's the kind of, at least I have been trying to capture something universal in that. Um, so that's, that's what I'm hoping. That's awesome. So what inspired you to do this? You know, I had written six or so essays over the years for USA Today and Shondaland and mom.com refinery. And 
different friends had said, you know, you're just, you're capturing something that's a, um, something real universal about parenting and, and, you know, getting to know someone else and being challenged and put out of your comfort zone. And why don't you try writing a pilot? I mean, I've always, you know, I always, I covered entertainment for Newsweek and Us Weekly. I've been to Sundance a bunch of times and been to the Oscars. And I have always loved movies and TV and I'm, I'm a student of those. And I just thought, well, why don't I try my hand at one of right. them? Uh, try my hand at something. I certainly, you know, I certainly know the material. You're supposed to write what you know, right? Isn't that the first cliche of writing? Yeah, uh, write what you know. So, I mean, I did know this story, a, a gay dad with a sporty son. And so I just started doing it. And it took you know, lots of writing, lots of rewriting, lots of favors from friends, professional writers who read it, co gave comments, gave notes. A lot of times, you know, it's disappointing. You have to go back to the drawing boards that you really are excited about. It just doesn't work. Right. Um, and then you, you know, but then occasionally, you know, you send it to someone and they, they come at it with a different um, eye and you're like, wow, like that's a really great idea. I would have right. never, ever thought of that. So, you know, it, it's sort of a two-way street. I mean, you, you have to open yourself up to criticism from other writers who know what they're doing. And it sort of hurts, but then you also really learn from them and, and are taken in, in new directions from them. At least that's been my experience so far. So Catapult, 20 years from now, the show takes off, it becomes a hit. What do you think your son would be most proud about? Oh, gosh, what a, it's just leaping over so many hurdles there. I mean, I think he would be proud that I had really tried to do something that was kind of unusual and... And, you know, I mean, I've been a journalist my, you know, my whole career, and then I was a communications professional for a while. And, and uh, so I, I gave this a shot and I think he would be really proud that I, that I did it, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you for flash forwarding to, sure. to the future. The only reason I did that is somebody said, somebody said that to me when my first book came out, they're like, so, you know, 20 years from now, what do you want your girls to be most proud of about, you know, frankly, my dear, I'm gay. I was like, well, where the fuck did that question come from? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't care if, if it's they're proud of it, did it, if it became a bestseller, but I guess I would be most proud that I wasn't afraid to just, you know, share my truth and encourage other people to like go do the journey, you know. Oh, that's and beautiful. I, just because I think it's one of those things, like the more we put this out here, so let's kind of go there for a minute, like. I feel like anything we're doing, you or I doing this podcast, you doing your show, our books, your writings, whatever they are, we're just trying to communicate to the planet. We're not that different. That's the bottom line. And, you know, given especially everything the way it is right now, it's like, if we could just like, hey, but wait, I get up in the morning, I get kind of bitchy with my husband when he doesn't have his coffee, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, we're pretty much the same as the rest of y'all. <laughs> you know, my kids are just fine. They're 23 and 27 and uh, they're not super fucked up. I don't think they are, but you know, maybe they're <laughs> hiding something, but we did a pretty good job. I mean, because we, and my husband came into the girls' lives when they were 18 months and almost six. So they pretty much have been raised by two dads. Yes, their mother too, but you know, it, and they've, they're pretty damn good, you know? Well, aren't they lucky? 
But yes, it's a, so. it's a beautiful universal truth that really our lives aren't that different. But let's explore the things that are different. Right. And I guess that's what I'm trying to do with my show and, and just uh, uh, learn something from each other, you know, and have some laughs along the way. And, uh, you know, maybe just uh, increase a little openness because it's sort of a, a less and less open world in so many ways. Um, right. we, don't, we haven't talk, talked about Twitter. We haven't talked about social media and, and all the kind of hatred out there. But um, I, I, I have complicated feelings about it, to say the least. And uh, so I, I like to just put something kind of more positive out there yeah. about kind of breaking down walls between people and getting getting to know each other and respectful, uh, respecting each other. Yeah. Speaking of being positive, it'd be really positive if you could get this show picked up, right? Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you, Rick. Of course. Of course. Putting that out into the world. Yes. Yeah. And one of the ways if somebody's listening and they would like to say, hey, I'd love to talk to this guy with this really cool concept of picking up a show and having a real conversation about where it's at, what it's going to do. If they wanted to contact you, Bradley, see how I worked that in so smoothly, man. And just like you've done this once or twice. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like they, other things in life. <laughs> um, I welcome emails. Um, I'm happy to share my pilot with, with any of your listeners. My email is uh, BJS. So that's like, Brad, B for Bradley, J for Jason, S for Sam, the number one, and then NYC for New York City at gmail.com. Awesome. And I'd be more, more than happy. I mean, I would be thrilled if, if anyone listening would like to connect with me offline about it. So I can tell you, I had the privilege of like reading through this folks and I was laughing on the first page because I'm like, oh, I've been there. I was feeling the feels. I'm like, here we go. But dad, I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I have heard those words and I'm like, okay, great. You know, and you know, it's been interesting with my own girls, like all the stuff they did or didn't do or did, but didn't really do like, oh, I'm going to sing. And then I'm going to do this. Oh, for God's sake, can we just settle on something? And then when they did the sports, I was like, well, okay, let's see if this goes anywhere. And it didn't really go anywhere because they didn't have that sports gene, you know? Um, but it, it's been fun to see and read what you are putting into this and going, I would love to, I would love to be sitting here a year from now and go, okay, buddy. So you hit now what, <laughs> you know, Please. of course a year from now, you probably go, you'd be going like Rick, who, I don't know. Did we have a conversation? I'd be <laughs> Where's like, my martini? I'd Where's like, my Where's my latte? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, girl, I'm taking that all that fun we did a year ago. It's it's going down. It's off the website now. So, but um, oh, you're great. You're great. And, and just every one week. last, yeah, and one last question because I think this is something that, that people miss when we're doing these amazing, like, let's go have impact in the world things. Not only does it take a belief in yourself and a confidence in what you're putting out there, it takes you being surrounded by some really powerful people primarily a really supportive spouse. So how's your husband with this? Oh, you're so sweet. My husband is the greatest, Jack. No, my husband's um, the greatest. So you want to go, oh, okay. You well, want to go in the boxing ring over this man? <laughs> I'll cut a girl. Okay. Um, Jack's always been very supportive of me as I try my different creative endeavors. And, you know, he's um, a part of the show and he's a part of my life and he's, you know, he's been very, um, kind and my biggest fan. So, I mean, you could just really can't do it without, and I'm, I have lots of insecurities and lots of moments where I 
worry that I've made a big mistake. And he's always there to kind of say, let's, let's go with it. Like, you know, I want, I want, I want you to push onward, you know, yeah. not look back. Um, so it's, uh, and uh, I mean, of course, our son, Lucas is, is amazing too, and my inspiration. So uh, that's my family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can attest to that a hundred percent. I mean, when thank you I... so much. Plus my mother and sister, if they're listening. <laughs> of course, of course, you know, and, and it is, it's interesting to see where people start to line up. You know, my husband's been more than supportive in so many different endeavors and, and, you know, it's part of being in a world. It's like, you know, your spouse, sometimes you're going to be taking the lead and then other times they're going to take the lead. And, and so again, if any of you are listening, we're not that much different. This is what happens in gay committed relationships too, is, you know, we do the things the same way. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time I said this on another interview many moons ago about, yeah, behind every great gay man is another gay man. I'm like, wait, hold on. That one went <laughs> wait, backwards, wait, like scratch, real quick. Repeat, scratch that. <laughs> like, but well, it's kind of take it the right way, folks. Like, well, again, you can take it both ways. Okay. But um, it is, there's like, I remember thinking, okay, why, how do I really want to say that about my husband? Like beside every gay man is another gay man who is standing right there in solidarity with them. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Just because that's what I think what, that that's what I think catapults this stuff forward. So, all right. So I gave you the option bitch to like, you threw your email out there. So it is not on me. If suddenly you get stalked by weirdos, I'm just putting that on the airwaves so that I don't Again, get accused been of that. stalked by plenty in the past, right? Yeah. yeah. I can handle awesome. them. Well, good luck with everything, man. So enjoyed this conversation. And literally when this hits, you will be doing a podcast with me. Just, yes. I'm putting I'll that out there. Man. I will be thrilled to be back. Thank you so much, Rick. Oh, of course. amazing. And I hope you all enjoyed this. Please reach out to Bradley if you have any connections or you want to like, hey, I, I could probably help you some way because this is how we continue to have impact in the world and bring beautiful art and all that good stuff that makes the world, well, the next will and grace from my uh, lips to, you know, wherever. So, well, thank anyway. you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. It was a super fun discussion. What okay. a joy. We're done. Thank you. We're done. We're going, we're going <laughs> bye-bye. The cameras bye-bye. are stopping. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. And we'll be back in just another week with both podcasts. Cause this is coming to you live on life uncloseted and 40 plus gay men, gay talk. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.